So there's a lot of discussion being had about firearms in the state of Illinois. We've got a proposed bill, House Bill 5855, that uh, looks to prohibit the future sale of around 100 semi-automatic rifles, shotguns, and pistols. Also, it looks to prohibit the sale and possession of magazines of 10 rounds or more. And uh, all of this coming to a head with lawmakers aiming to have this passed before the General Assembly adjourns January 10th, opening up to a new General Assembly. So we've had a lot of conversation about this, and we're going to continue to have conversation about this. The Second Amendment, very uh, integral to the Bill of Rights. It's after free speech, free assembly, free religion, uh, free press. So you've got the Second Amendment right there has a pretty remarkable, important aspect of uh, civil rights in the Constitution. But some look to curb the ability for individuals to be law-abiding gun owners by uh, prohibiting certain types of weapons uh, for for self-defense and uh, for home defense and uh, even for hunting, even though the Second Amendment doesn't have anything to do with hunting. But uh, in Illinois, while we have a lot of uh, strict gun laws, among the most strict gun laws in the country, including the Firearm Owners Identification card, uh, this debate continues that we need more gun regulation. Uh, So we'll keep an eye on the bill. Of course, we had one hearing already this week. We expect another hearing tomorrow. So we'll be bringing you all of that here with Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY. Springfield's News and Talk. And you can always get a hold of us live and local, 217-629-7970. Or you can email bishoponair at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just Search Bishop on Air. And if you uh, are tuning in uh, on a podcast or video cast uh, afterwards, we sh- we broadcast live 6 to 9 weekday mornings, Central Time on WMAY, 92.7 FM in Central Illinois. Uh, but you can also listen on WMAY.com or the WMAY mobile app. Uh, so with the conversation about firearms, uh, the, uh, the, the story's been year after year after year that uh, – uh, Illinois has seen a, an increasing number of firearm background checks, which indicates increased sales. And if you look at the state compared to other states, uh, the the FBI statistics on firearm background checks indicates Illinois is uh, always leading. I think Kentucky's shortly thereafter, but uh, interesting to see that. Uh, but what may be behind some of that? I, I talked with um, Kirk Evans from U.S. Law Shield. Uh, they're an organization that provides uh, some some insurance for individuals. Uh, in firearm situations, uh, like, for instance, self-defense and whatnot, and uh, providing information and education about all of that. Uh, but uh, when I talked with Evans, he he wanted to address uh, what he sees as some of the reasons why we're going to see increased gun sales moving forward. Uh, and here's uh, just some of the uh, overview of what he thinks is leading to that. Sure. What we have seen, uh, our, our, particularly through our organization, is that gun ownership and concealed carry permits go up in times of uncertainty. It's not not as direct as everybody would think. People think, okay, I see high crime or, you know, convenience stores being robbed, so I want to go out and get a gun to prevent that. You know, sure, there's some of that, but it's usually during overall periods of uncertainty. So during COVID, uh, the George Floyd riots, um, around, around mass shootings or major gun control uh, proposals, things like that. And so you would certainly expect if there are a number of people who 
um, see what they perceive to be uh, folks, you know, quote, getting out of jail after having committed a crime, that there would be a rise in that uncertainty and an increase in gun ownership. So there you're hearing a reference to the Safety Act, which goes into effect January 1st. And we've had a lot of debate about that all year long, about uh, how at first uh, there weren't any detainable offenses. And then they came back uh, earlier this month and passed legislation to have a net of offenses, serious offenses that are detainable. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more with uh, Kirk Evans from U.S. Law Shield about the impacts of no cash bail on the court system. But uh, I asked him about uh, what's really driving uh, some of those uh, FBI stats, where, again, uh, the FBI shows Illinois is uh, above all the other states when it comes to uh, firearm background checks. And is that an indication of people buying guns or is it an indication of regular background checks on FOID card holders, which there's about two point some odd million of them in Illinois. Uh, so if the police do those regular background checks, that feeds into those numbers. But ultimately, uh, Kirk Evans with U.S. Law Shield, he does uh, kind of lay out some of the uh, various factors involved in those particular statistics and more people buying guns. Uh, so, sure. What you've pointed out is exactly correct. Illinois is going to finish off this year and did uh, in the past two years finish off the leader in the country on uh, Nick's background checks. But that is not entirely uh, due to folks, you know, Illinois being the, you know, the gun capital of the world. It's probably three or four reasons. One is um, they do require universal background checks, which is different than many states. And so many states um, do not have to have to uh, get a background check for every sale. Uh, and then um, two, Illinois was sort of, I don't want to say late to the party, but the, the concealed carry trend was is much more recent in Illinois. And so the folks, this is just sort of caught on in what I would say is the last four or five years, whereas, you know, say Texas is, you know, Texas, Oklahoma have had concealed carry for almost 30 years now. You know, in Illinois, it's just in the last decade or half decade. Yeah, and uh, I think it was uh, 2014 when we ultimately were forced by the courts to allow for individuals to carry firearms outside of their home. And during that process, there was a strict deadline that if lawmakers didn't pass a Concealed Carry Act policy, uh, then it would be constitutional carry, meaning you don't have to have a permit to carry a firearm outside the home. So lawmakers did ultimately pass a uh, measure allowing for concealed carry. It was a uh, shall issue permit instead of a may issue permit uh, that would have given uh, more leverage to like law enforcement, for instance, from blocking people from being able to carry guns outside the home. So we have that in place, uh, but I think it was 2014 when ultimately that uh, that came into place because the courts had to force it. Uh, but uh, with the ongoing uh, proposal for banning certain types of weapons, uh, how is that going to be impacting sales moving forward? Because obviously um, the the COVID pandemic uh, and the the unrest over the summer of 2020 uh, that led to a lot more people fi uh, finding ways to, to purchase firearms. Uh, and in the state of Illinois, you have to have a FOID card to do that. Uh, but uh, people were buying more firearms because of that uncertainty. But what about the prospect of limiting the sale of certain types of weapons? Is that just going to escalate the number of sales for those types of weapons? Again, Kirk Evans from U.S. Law Shield. Yeah, so I, uh, this just happened, something similar just happened in Oregon. So Oregon passed uh, and went into effect a training requirement just to own a firearm, not not for concealed carry, but just to own a firearm you have to go through a rigorous training program. 
and uh, folks went crazy, and the gun store sales went up eight or nine times their normal level all across the state so folks could get in and get their firearms before the new law went into effect. So I would see uh, I would see this. We, we used to see it nationally whenever there was a uh, proposed assault weapons ban. Folks would run out and purchase the weapons that they thought would be banned. Um, that is, you know, sort of since died off because it's kind of gotten to be old news that assault weapons bans are, um, are proposed fairly commonly. Uh, but yes, I would, I would expect to see a spike. So with that uh, spike of gun sales, then you have the possible implementation of a ban of semi-automatic weapons. Again, that could come down as early as the first week of January. Uh, but uh, legal challenges are expected. Uh, and those legal challenges, Kirk Evans from U.S. Law Shield says, uh, could uh, tie things up. And it's important that gun owners understand and know what's going on in the status of all of this. Uh, sure. E- even if the new um, the new the ban uh, that's being proposed now does go into effect, these are being challenged um, not just in one case, but two, three, and four cases in every state due to the most recent Supreme Court uh, ruling back last summer on the New York laws, and uh, those have just been a huge mixed bag of. E- even in the same state, you'll have one court completely uphold the laws and the. Uh, you know, just down the down the street in a different court, uh, another court completely strikes down the laws, and then they go up on appeal. And so, no matter what comes into play, there is going to be a mishmash of legal decisions. And so, you know, just please pay attention and uh, make sure you stay abreast of the laws. Yeah, I think that that uh, is something we're going to do uh, day in day out for you. Uh, so stay with WMAY and with me, Bishop on air, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, so that's about the gun sales and the prospects of a gun ban that's uh, being proposed at the Illinois State House. Uh, but what about the uh, Safety Act? We talked about how uh, you know uncertainty may generate more gun sales, but with the Safety Act in particular and the end of cash bail, uh, Kirk Evans with U.S. Law Shield uh, kind of assessed what that would mean for the the state's uh, judicial system because cash bail does help fund some of those operations. So there's good news and bad news on that. So the good news is um, there will be, you know, there should be fewer people in the county jail, right? If, you, if you're not going to be holding as many people on bail, there are not going to be that many people, as many people in jail. So the those folks actually may see a breather, may you know, might even see a, a surplus. The downside is the court system. So the, the clerks, the county clerks, get to keep 10% uh, of the bail as a processing fee, and they use that to fund uh, the attorneys, the bailiffs, the clerks, the systems there. So the court systems themselves are now going to be hit with a funding decrease while at the same time having to have what I suspect is having to have more hearings and more activities surrounding this cashless bail. So in the old days, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but in the old days, if someone walked in, had a conviction, I'm sorry, had a, had a charge of shoplifting, you know, at a certain value, the judge would, you know, boom, pound the gavel, you know, bail is $1,000, go home. Uh, and now there's a giant test that each of these defendants has to go through and they're entitled to a hearing and you have to evaluate the crime versus the flight risk versus the threat to the community and all that. 
So my concern is the courts are going to see the decrease in funding and then actually an increase in activity. So again, that's uh, Kirk Evans. He is the president of U.S. Law Shield talking about the impacts of the Safety Act on the court system, but also the impacts of no cash bail and uncertainty and gun bans, proposed gun bans on future gun sales. It's right here with Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and